Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody. My name is Kevin McDonald, as you probably have figured out by now. And uh, I'm very fortunate today. I've got two really cool people that are go- we're going to talk to today. I want to, um, first of all, introduce Lisa Fairman, who is kind of on Wednesday. She's my co-host. I, she gets to hold me up to make sure I don't do stupid stuff, which I normally do. And so, Lisa, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Kevin? Uh, Awesome. Thank you. And, you know, I had the opportunity to introduce who our guest was going to be yesterday to you. And you had a little bit of opportunity to look around and and see what he does. What did you think? Oh, I I am super excited for our guest today. Oh, my goodness. Um, Just really, I'm I'm the mere mere he is helping um, and creating with so many people is really, really exciting. So I'm just thrilled to, for our guest. Awesome. And I really, honestly, I don't even know how I found you, Brian, but I'm glad I did. Uh, we're talking to Brian D. Ridgeway, and he is aloha-ing from Hawaii. How are you today? Doing awesome, and aloha, everybody. And which island are you on? I'm on the big island on the Kona side, the dry side, they call it. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. And uh, you're an author. You are a, I want to call you a spiritual teacher, but you don't, that's not how you build yourself. So how do you talk about who you are and what do you bring to the planet? I, I love the question. I like the way you framed it too. So, you know, I, the, the functions that I do, most people look at me or experience my work and they say, okay, he's a healer, he's a spiritual teacher, he's a guru, he's a shaman. And all of those descriptions kind of fit. And I, I know that almost everybody has their pre-associations attached to each of those words. So I just decided from the beginning not to use any of it. Um, I say that I'm a reminder of the fact that you are already infinite unlimited, perfect energy. You always were. And I'm just here to remind people of that. And a while back, one of my clients said, I I did a session with someone who had been working on themselves for about 30 years and they had tried everything, hundreds of thousands of dollars invested. And she said, it's like you just woke me up out of a spell, like you're a spell breaker. And that name stuck. So that's the kind of fun title that most of my readers and my clients uh, refer to me as the spell breaker. And, and that nobody has any attachments to it. So it's a, it's a clean label. So spell breaker, where did that, I mean, she came up with that, but there's a reason why she called you that. Is it because you help people get out of their stuckness for for lack of a word? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really a deep, it's a profoundly deep topic, actually. And there's, there's, I have like my one-minute way of talking about it, and then I have my 42 days of nonstop ranting to explain it. So probably the one minute is better here. If you think about Snow White or if you think about any of the Disney movies where they talked about spells, no matter what you think about Disney, the idea was Beauty and the Beast is another ancient story that 
uh, someone, this was a really bad dude. He was totally unloving and he did something really unkind. So a witch threw a spell on him and turned him into a beast until he woke up and found love and found out how to love and have someone love him. And so we are all, everyone on this planet is under more spells, ideas, thoughts. It's so much more than just beliefs. There's a lot of people working on their beliefs, but this is infinitely more than beliefs. It's beliefs, paradigms. Uh, it makes up our identity. It makes up what we think the universe is, all the concepts and paradigms, beliefs, as well as all the emotions that we haven't processed together makes up all of our spells. And then there's a master spell that is based in the idea that we're separate in a physical universe. That's the ultimate spell. It's not true, but we all are stuck under that spell. So when I help someone to undo a spell or break the spell, literally the mental, emotional, physical effects that they were under all disappear from their lives. So it, it's, it's pretty miraculous. And since there's nothing quite like it, that, that spell breaker name just really stuck. That's 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 really cool. Lisa, do you have a question? Yeah, no, I just I love that. And I love kind of your definition on your site of spells and what kind of that means. And, and it can mean all different kinds of things. So it could be somebody who's afraid of heights or, uh, you know, somebody who is scared of success or all these different things. And so, yeah, if you, if you could kind of explain that, what exactly is a spell in your mind and and and. What are yeah? What are you trying to convey with that, Brian? Yeah, well, you know, okay. Just the fact that you said that, so this this gives me a really great example. So let's say that someone is quote afraid of success. Now, yeah. there's literally there's literally no telling how far that might go. I, I, I will give a, as brief. It's a really brief one. It, it, it's kind of complicated. But I was working with someone about eight years ago. And she was a direct salesperson working with a network marketing company. She, she wanted to get free of her marriage and she was kind of denying it. So she was kind of doing this network marketing business as a way of getting enough money that she could finally get away from her husband. Now, she did everything she could for several years, desperately trying, desperately trying to figure out what am I doing wrong? Why am I self-sabotaging? All of which are spells on their own. And at one point I just, I get inspired. Like I receive, it's, it's what people call channeling. I am in a way channeling 24 seven because what channeling is actually just letting something else in. I'm letting my infinite unlimited self in all the time. So I got this clear inspiration to ask her, what would happen if you were to actually reach the level in your company that you want? She said, Oh my God, I'd have all this money and I would get to be free and I would get to walk out on stage in front of all the people. And I get to, you know, be, and I said, okay, so how would you feel walking in front of those people? And she said, Oh my God, I would feel terrified walking out on stage. I'm terrified of being in front of people. So to, to make a really long story way, way, way shorter, she would never in a million years have guessed that one of the core reasons that she was preventing herself from the success that she said she wanted was because on a deep hidden level, there was a fear of one of the things she would win and gain would be scary to her. Now she never would have found that. And so she had a spell about stepping out in front of people in public that was woven in with all of her other spells. We undid that one spell and seven years, well, 40 years of life pain, and seven years of struggling in her company instantly ended. The spell was broken, and she was able to reach the level in record time. 
So that's a, that's a really good example of how it, how it works, how it weaves in with other things and what kind of things can happen when, the, when a spell is broken. And, I, and I'm proposing this. I don't want to be presumptuous. I don't want to have anyone choose offense when they hear this. But I'm just saying that everybody, until we wake up completely, we are full of more spells on more levels on more topics than any of us would ever dream or imagine. That's amazing. By the by, the way, you you are an author, and you've you've written. Uh, it's a great book, and I know that that book appears in like the self help section along with all the other <laughs> self help books. But I imagine in yeah. this in the world of self help people, you're not particularly popular because the name of the book is "Break Your Self Help Addiction." So, <laughs> does- <laughs> you're right. On all counts. <laughs> so, so when you go to a convention, I imagine that that people look at you, you know, the other health self help gurus, and and some of them, you know, I've been doing this for a while, and some of them, quite honestly, are genuine, and some of them, quite honestly, are, you know, like I don't know, not. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah. so tell us why you wrote the book and what what's it about. Well, that. Uh, I, I hope we have 22 hours for me to tell this story. Now, I, I, I'll give you the shortest version. So I was born to a very angry man and a very sad woman, to oversimplify. And our house was hell. I had a, a pre-existing brother and sister in that house. Everybody hated everybody else. There was no love. There was no kindness. And because my brother and, my half-brother and sister were from um, another my, my mom's first husband, they saw me as an alien, you know, coming to the party. Well, my dad, because he wasn't their dad, all of his anger, all of his abuse, and all of his physical uh, punishment was diverted to me. So I pretty much lived in hell and in terror for about 17 years. I learned my self-esteem, my, my personal, what am, what am I? Stupid, ugly, worthless piece of shit. That was my program. And I believed it. I bought it like everybody else does. And because there was no love, there was no warmth, there was no kindness, there was no hope in our home. And that was what I learned about myself. When I got out of the home, I basically immediately got in trouble with the law. My whole life, I just built a a nightmare train wreck out of my life. So around 18, um, I found religion when I was about 13. And I desperately, I wasn't like most kids. I didn't go to church because someone made me. I went to church because they said if I went to church, I would be happy. I would be saved and my life would be filled with love. So I went to a whole bunch of different churches. I really listened. I I really, really dove in. I mean, I read the Bible that they were using. I I tried to see if there was truth in what they were saying. My life got worse. Around 17 and a half, almost 18, I found self-help. And over the next 30 plus years, I invested $300,000, tens of thousands of hours. I was a professional musician for about 15 years, and I quit listening to music because I was always listening to self-help. I was going to every seminar I could afford, every course, every program, every approach that I found that said it was going to make my life work. And my life got worse and worse and worse and worse. And the more I understood about self-help, the more I, I, I joked that I became the world's most miserable, positive thinker. Like I knew everything there was. I knew everything there was to know about vibration and law of attraction and self-help and being positive and all this crap that none of it worked for me. And the more I looked, it wasn't really working for anybody else. But most people felt like they had to say it was working or they were being negative. So I just got more and more confused and more and more frustrated. My life got worse. And then I finally, when I lost everything for the seventh time, I, I had been 
wanting to kill myself for years, I really would have viewed suicide as a joyful escape and exit, but I had kids and I just couldn't see doing that to them. So I stayed alive. And then I had a moment when I hit the lowest possible rock bottom. It was uh, in 2011. And so on January 3rd, I had this, I, I tell about it in my book. Many people had huge breakthroughs just from reading this part of the story, but I, I just gave up. And I was going to be homeless on the street the next day again. I'd been staying in a dumpy little hotel, just barely, barely making it. And I surrendered completely. And I had this moment where all the quantum physics that I had learned, everything is energy. There's nothing physical. There's nothing wrong. Nothing good, nothing bad, nothing right, nothing wrong, nothing positive, nothing negative. Everything is energy. All is one. I had been learning it for many, many years. And I had this moment where it all came together in one flash. And I looked at my hand and it wasn't physical. It was energy. And then I looked at what I was sitting beside and it wasn't physical. It was energy. So I went out of the idea that everything is energy. Everybody's talking about it. I went out of the idea into the experience of it. I went out of the idea that all is one into the experience of it, out of the, out of the idea that we're in infinite possibilities, directly into the experience of it. And I've been there ever since. And so about four years later, I had helped 30, 40,000 people. I was starting to get a little bit well-known in my little circles, you know, on Facebook. And so many people would ask me, man, would you please write a book? Could you you know, your stuff is a little bit more expensive than most. Could you, uh, I, I'm not able to afford to do unlimited sessions. Could you condense everything you're doing and everything you know into something that was either free or really cheap? And so I ended up putting months and hundreds and hundreds of hours with some really high paid help to write the book that didn't exist during my 30 years of self-help journey the book that I would have crawled naked over broken glass to get to if it had existed, I wrote that book. And so Break Your Self-Help Addiction, we were really struggling with and wrestling with a name to come up with. And that phrase came out of my mouth as a joke. And everybody involved said, holy shit, that's it. <laughs> and, and you know what? I'll tell you what I wasn't even thinking, Kevin and Lisa. I wasn't even thinking this, but it came to me after the fact, what do people who have been stuck moving from self-help to self-help to self-help for 10, 20, 30 years, what do they call themselves? Self-help junkies. Why do they call themselves that? Because you constantly need a new fix when what you take in only gives you a temporary high, a little bit of hope, but you realize a couple of days later that your deepest issues are still not solved. You go back for the next fix. And this book is the end of that. This is not another fix. This is waking up and realizing that you were perfect and stepping into that life. Lisa, do you have a question? Yeah, I know. I think it's uh, just fascinating, Brian. So do you think, so with um, your approach, do you think this sort of transcends mental illness? Does this, so if, if, if people are able to break their spells, and it sounds like it's really interesting to me too, because you said, I think you said, were you saying that you looked at your hands and that was, that is, and the experience of, of your hands and that is what kind of brought you start to come out of that journey and to kind of move towards wellness? Well, that's a, that's a really profound question. Let me, let me take two different angles. So, so I, I, 
it's important that I bring in another side of the story real quick. So around age three, I discovered, so I just told one, one half of the story of my life and here's the other half. And this one's shorter around three. I discovered that I had the ability to look at a person and communicate with them. Literally, they could, they could say a few words and I could virtually, so there's no words in the English language that describe it. So I'm, I have to do it kind of poetically. I could look at them and see through their body, through their mind, through their emotions, through the words they had just said, I could see what they believed, what they were feeling and how they were holding themselves back and how to undo it from a very, very, very early age, two or three. So while I was creating a hell out of my own life, while I was suffering, while I was making more of a train wreck out of my life, and while nothing was working for me, everybody that I met, I could help them dissolve their issues with a conversation. And that was even more frustrating for me. And so, so you know, the fact that I couldn't get it to work for myself. And, and now I realize, looking back, how perfect it all was. But, but so with what you're saying there, I already had a, a strange gift that I was obviously born with. I came into this life with this gift to do what I'm like. I, I'm not doing any work. I'm doing what I am right now. And so over to your question about the transcending, like weaving the other part of the question is, I would say that probably 95%, this is just a rough estimate, of what passes for mental illness is extreme spells. Now, mm. I, I accept the possibility that there are some issues where someone was born, you know, they, they lived in a place where their, their family was exposed to major industrial toxins or something like that, and perhaps so much physical damage was done to the brain or nervous system that it might be something beyond purely spells in some cases. But to be honest, I'm not even going to say that that's necessarily not spells as well. I have never seen an illness that came on mental, emotional, physical, or otherwise that came on after the age of 14 that I couldn't trace down to spells and help the person undo the spells. I, I have people with, now I, I live in the U.S. Technically I live in Hawaii, which is not part of the U.S. It's a, it's a kingdom that was stolen by the U.S. and it's illegally occupied, quite frankly. But I do live in what's considered the U.S. And because of that, I cannot legally say that I heal or cure anything. Ironically, I wouldn't say it any way. I just think it's utterly insane that a group of people gave themselves a monopoly on being able to say that they cure it. You know, so there's, there's an interesting aside for those who care, but I have sat with people that had cancer that I didn't know had cancer. And I worked with them for half an hour. And the next day they tell me their tumors are gone. I've been on group calls where I was working with one person, you know, as many as 700 people on a call, but usually I work with small groups, 20 to 30. And I was helping a lady who had been through some really severe physical abuse as a child. And another client that was in the group, had her 30-year scoliosis disappear and her back straightened out. And, you know, you can't treat that. You can't heal that. You can't cure. You can't remedy that. There's no treatments or anything that will undo that. It just, her back straightened out while we were talking. And those, so I see these kind of things happen. And I have a personal belief that being, well, a personal knowing, let me cut the bullshit. Since everything is infinite, unlimited energy, there's nothing physical here. So everything that seems to be physical and permanent 
can be changed with the same energy that brought it into form. It can be taken out of form. That's and that's that's amazing because that's that that's really is the core basis of my of my belief structure as well. You know, it's ama- it's amazing. I and I don't have the seeing that you do uh, to look at somebody, which which can make somebody feel a little uncomfortable. I suppose if you can look through them and find out what they're really about, um, do, do, do people appreciate that when when you're brutally honest with them about what they're really about and are they are they appreciative of that? That is such an awesome question. Well, let me tell you this. For the first uh, 46 years of my life, it was a curse. I was convinced that my gift was a curse because everybody that I met, uh, let, me, let me say this, the key distinction is unconditional love. And so the reason why today no one has a problem with and people pay me <laughs> and, and hire me to do this work, and they certainly don't resent it because they hired me is because they know they can tell that I unconditionally love them. So I don't have any judgment about their issues. I don't have any judgment. I only see the perfection of the person in front of me. However, before I started doing this after that wake up that I had in 2011 for the first 46 years of my life, it was a curse because I would look at a person and just start helping them without finding out if they wanted me to, or if I had permission, I just looked at them and I loved them and I would just tell them. And so they did not appreciate, I pretty much alienated. I either alienated or scared the living crap out of everybody that I met. And so a lot of people were offended. A lot of people didn't like me. A lot of people thought I was arrogant or superior when actually I was unconditionally loving them and caring enough to help. But I, I took, I could say I took 46 years to learn the lesson. Don't help until they ask. And then I went, oh, my God, well, this is my business. This is what I'm here on the planet to do. And now people seek me out and find me and hire me. And so they really appreciate it. <laughs> totally different world. They do now just because you just because you, you gave, they gave you permission to look inside and help them. And, and you know, in the, helps, in the self-help world, there are so many people that are involved with that. And you're right. They're junkies. They go from one group to the next group to the next guru to this guy to this thing. It, but you don't have to do any of that, do you? No, you, you don't even have, nobody even has to listen to me. All they got to, all someone has to do is breathe, calm down and choose presence. I just happen to be really skilled and kind of magical at helping people to do that. And then spell breaking is a whole nother layer. Once someone becomes present or I can use spell break on someone who isn't present, who, who really wants help. Um, but we don't know. We don't need any of it. We really don't. And no, you said something a little while ago, and and as I gave that long answer, I thought, but the truth is that I'm not popular among most people in the self-help industry, but but, but there's a key there. It's called an industry. (laughs) It's like the pharmaceutical (laughs) industry. It's an industry. They don't like the person that's going to potentially put them out of business, and I don't have any animosity or any desire to do any harm to anybody. I just, you know, the the great news is there's more than enough people that are dealing with enough pain that everybody in the self-help industry can keep selling their stuff, and there's going to be people that want to buy it. Well, you know, it's interesting that you that you say that because, and I'm not going to mention any names, but there was a gentleman that that years ago uh, he'd written several books and was wildly popular, and I reached out to him because I had a small group of people that uh, that we wanted to bring him to the Northwest to do some stuff, and his assistant, uh, you know, albeit looking out after him, said. I'm sorry, but he doesn't do anything for less than 300 people. And it's, it's like, mm-hmm. but, but that's not what he said in his book. 
it's like uh-huh you know it's like he, he but that's but i understand that it's a business as well and uh and if you take that business out of it and the way that you are doing um you can really genuinely help people a lot better i would think yeah yeah instantly when when the motive is totally pure the everything changes now now someone can be it, it, it Charging money doesn't make it unpure. You know, I don't, I haven't met anyone yet that's not living in a cave who doesn't have to still keep the lights on and pay the bills and eat and feed their kids. Like that's, that's a part of life until the financial system dissolves into light, which is on its way until then everybody's got to eat. I am not shy or, or remotely hesitant about charging money and in fact, I charge way more than anybody I personally know for my highest level work. And I do that for multiple reasons. One is that I have found that the more people pay, there's a strong statement, the more people pay, the more they pay attention. The more people pay, the more they're going to get out of what they paid for because we have this association with money and often free has no value. And because I have been homeless, I've been at the bottom, I probably give away more stuff than most people sell. <laughs> like I got so much free stuff. And then what's really great is because of that, I don't have to sell my work. People hire me. Exactly. It's totally, it's totally different. You know, when you got, when you, I say, when you got the cookie, people come to get it. You don't have to like wave it in the air and brag about the cookie. If you got the cookie, people want a cookie and they come get it. <laughs> and yeah. I definitely, in, in this department, I got the cookie. Like I haven't met anybody yet. I couldn't help no matter what. Now, I want to talk about some of the free stuff that you give away with your website and with your Facebook stuff. But, Lisa, you have a question first. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just so in awe of what you do. And so, with, so when you are working with people, do you feel that – so you're able to read their energy and, that, and you get from that what their, what their hang-ups are, what their spells are. Is that correct, that you – you know, being being that we have to use the English language for this, that's that's pretty darn close. I mean, there's just there are no words to describe it, but that's pretty close. It works. Yeah, yeah. I just I just think it's really amazing. So, and the other thing I just loved was the way that you were able to help yourself was in the service of others. So when you started, when you were at rock bottom, and you started helping other people with their own spells, and that healed you in the process is that correct uh i would say that's close enough to, to be really really accurate about that i had been i had been that's my dog howling here i had been helping a lot of people you know what i almost never tell the story i'm, I'm gonna give like this is i gotta make this one really short but something happened literally a precursor to that wake-up experience that i had i was I was literally back. I was homeless. I was staying in a one room hotel in the dumpiest part of Van Nuys, California. And I was literally hanging by a thread. I was barely able to eat fast food and stay in a room for a little while. I've been homeless for a while. And yet I was continuing to help 
everybody that I met. Like if I had a few, and, and this, please, like I'm not bragging. There's nothing altruistic. Love just does what love does. There's no like bragging or any pride in any of this. And I had had, I had met a, so I had met a young guy. I was like 45, 46 at the time. I had met a young guy and his girlfriend through a mutual friend and they met me and were like, okay, this guy can help. So two or three evenings, in a row, we had sat down for a few hours and they just brought up their questions and I just did what I do. I helped them. And literally it was the following day that I had the breakthrough and what preceded it was I was on the phone with this guy and okay. So he and his girlfriend, probably 23 years old, beautiful couple inside and out, just loving, bright people. And we were, on a, we were on a phone call and he said, Brian, I got to tell you something. I have never met anyone like you. I love you and I appreciate you so much. He said, you know, you're in such a low place in your, in your physical life, but you literally just helped us more than anyone. He said, I've had a mentor for five years and you did more in the first hour with us than he did in five years. You're, and he launched into this river of appreciation to me telling me how loving I was, how kind I was, how helpful I was, how genius I was, all these things. And now this is trippy. I, I really, this, I, I almost wish that I had put this in my book because it's so key to the story and, and I very rarely have time to tell it. But I stood there listening to this amazing, wonderful person tell me how loving and beautiful and kind and generous and helpful I was and how magical my advice and my help had been. But I was still carrying around stupid, ugly, worthless piece of shit thinking I was this total screw up that was worthless, just a crook and a bum and a scumbag and an arrogant jerk, all the things I had ever been programmed with. But as he was telling me these things about myself, I couldn't deny it. It was like, no, I do. I am always helping people. I am always. And so it was like my self image fell on the floor in a million pieces, stupid, ugly, worthless piece of shit disappeared in one crash. And it was the very next day that I had the breakthrough. So it still hinged on me constantly choosing to unconditionally love and help other people. And today you're doing that in a great way. Let's talk about unconditional happiness. Well, I, I, I man, I, I'm, I'm loving the flow of this conversation. I'm so grateful that you had found my work, you know, b really before this interview to be able to, to talk about these things. So I have been using Facebook as my main, and YouTube somewhat, as my main way of getting my word out, giving away free stuff, which keeps people hiring me, you know, and I'm always helping. And then the people that want it step up and say, well, what about private sessions or what about more, right? So we, uh, about, I guess about four years ago, two of my clients said, Brian, could we start a Facebook group for you and give away some of your paid stuff? <laughs> and I said, okay. So they started growing it. And then I guess it was about mm, just a few months ago, literally, that we started talking about, well, what, what are we really doing here? What are, we were calling it beyond the law of attraction because I help people to break free from what I call the illusion of the law of attraction and go way beyond that concept. And so we were calling, we, the group was called beyond the law of attraction. And then we, you know, this, the virus was starting to hit, people starting to freak out. And I said, okay, so the group is really about joy, but all joy is almost 
too out of the league of what most people think. They don't believe they could ever live in joy. So what if we call it unconditional happiness? I was talking with a brilliant friend of mine, Steve Olsher, and he brought up the word unconditional. He said, dude, you're about unconditional love, so why not let unconditional just be part of your brand and what you do? So unconditional happiness fell out. And the fact that everybody wants to be happy, there's lots of studies happening about happiness right now. When people are freaking out, they want happiness even more. And the word unconditional makes them really curious. What do you mean unconditional happiness? Well, that points to joy. So we renamed the group, uh, started giving away more and more free stuff in the group. And then um, when the virus really started becoming, well, I'm, I'm sorry, when what people think is the virus and whatever is actually happening behind the scenes, started really getting serious. People stuck at home, people losing their jobs, people losing their careers, people having all the pain of being stuck at home with people they don't get along with and don't know how to get along with and all the stuff that came out of that. I decided to really step that up and we started putting some of the most valuable things that we had been charging for. We started putting those free in the unconditional happiness group, no strings, um, and so we're using this new function that Facebook added to groups called units where you can put learning modules in there. And we put some of my highest level free stuff in there. Um, so it, it, on Facebook, anybody that wants to, you can just search for the unconditional happiness group. And, um, you know, we, we um, add you to the group really just about as quick as somebody joins. I got a bunch of volunteers that are all about love. So, uh, the group is growing. Like we went from a thousand members to twenty five hundred members really fast. Now it's really starting to grow. And uh, if, if you want to, we can go into what, what's next. What just came out of that with this new uh, program? I, I don't know. I want to honor your line of questioning, though. Oh, you're good. <clears throat> you're good. No, I do want to say though that I joined yesterday the unconditional happiness group and I haven't had a chance to look at everything through there. But I, I I'll tell you, it, it's got. 2,500 members uh, as of as of yesterday, and they approved me right away, surprisingly enough. And it, it worked out you know, really, really is, is really cool what you're doing, and you're working to save the planet, which, by the way, I want to get this out because it's important. We're talking with Brian D. Ridgeway. He is an author. He is... Um, Sorry, Brian. I'm going to call you a spiritual man. I hope that's okay. Uh, that's fine. He's, 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 he is interested in saving the planet. He's really interested in helping people. He's got something brand new that we're going to talk about next. But first, Lisa, do you have a question that you'd like to ask first? Oh, I just am really enjoying this. Um, and then, yeah, so, Brian, I was reading also your, so your idea of conscious creation. Can you explain that a little bit? Absolutely. And, and that really flows into what, what uh, right now um, you're talking about, Kevin. So that's, that's a perfect segue. So conscious creation, you know, um, Abraham Hicks has been a, a famous teacher for God, 30 years now. And they came up with this phrase of deliberate creation a while back. And their idea is that we're always creating our reality. And the vast majority of what we're creating is arising from default which I would say it's arising from our by default from our spells because we're not, if we're not aware that we're bringing reality into existence, we just keep looking at reality going, oh God, that sucks, and fighting against it, thereby creating more of the same. 
that's in alignment with what Einstein said that what you, well, Buddha said it and um, Einstein said it, whatever you resist persists. And so conscious creation is the idea of how, okay, here, here's where I am. No matter what I am, no matter what they say I am, no matter what I thought I was, the fact is here I am and there's some shit happening and some of it I prefer and some of it I don't. If I could affect the outcome, what would I want it to look like? So the question I use is, what would I prefer to experience now? What would I prefer to experience now? And by choosing to focus on the question and choose to deliberately, intentionally, consciously hold the question, what would I prefer to experience now, puts me in the state of conscious creation as opposed to accidental perpetuation of what is or worsening of what is. And we begin to take the reins back that were taken from us. We handed them away willingly, unknowingly to all the systems and institutions of the planet. But we still have infinite, unlimited power available to us. So taking our power back by aiming our minds, by aiming the questions that we ask into what we would prefer more of. That makes awesome. that that that, And that leads us to... What you're doing, which started yesterday. Tell us all about that. Yeah, it, it really does lead directly into it. So so I'm, I'm glad we have some time, and I appreciate you know, you're giving me the space to, to put a little bit more nuance. I mean, I understand short interviews have a purpose, and, and we're going a little bit deeper here. So my business partner, uh, brilliant, wonderful guy, lives in Spain. We've been friends for years, and he and I are discussing how to help. Like our whole focus, we know that we, we get everything that we want and need. And so we focus rather than on, rather than growing the business, rather than selling, rather than making money, we focus on helping, which grows the business and makes money and, <laughs> and does everything else that we want. And so, you know, we've been watching this virus. We were getting ready to, to launch a really high ticket course for entrepreneurs, uh, our, our goal and our intention just a couple months ago was to reach out and get with high performers, high net worth people, high income earners, and offer a course for entrepreneurs to help them to step into this new paradigm of infinite unlimited possibilities. Quit talking about it, quit thinking about it, quit reading damn books about it, theorizing about it, and step into the experience of it and shift the entire world of business and money over to the paradigm that's actually true, which is oneness. Not the Newtonian paradigm, but oneness and energy. And so we were just getting ready to do that, and then the lockdowns happened. And we discussed for weeks, what could we do that would help the most? And now I'm going to say the most controversial thing. Like We have really stayed away from the whole conspiracy theory and all of that type of stuff. So I'm just going to say that if anybody is aware of Agenda 21 at all, the government and the owners of the government have been talking for decades about wanting to have the population of the planet under 500 million by 2021. It's not conspiracy theory. It's not even conspiracy fact. It's just what's happening. They've not been hidden about it. Many billionaires have formulated this council on foreign relations, other groups said, this is what we need to do to save the planet. That's what they believe. And those billionaires would like to have the planet for their playground. And in order to have a population of 500 million, 
when you have more than 500 million, you got to kill some people. You got to eliminate some people. And so everything I have seen on the physical, factual side tells me that this virus and the lockdowns and the economic moves and the shutting down of the food supply and everything that's happening behind the scenes right now is designed 100% as a part of their agenda. Because if you look at Agenda 21 and you notice that it's 2020, um, this is a part of their plan to kill 70 to 90% of the population. And it's, again, for anybody who wants to look, it's right there in plain, broad daylight. For anybody who wants to see it, they're not even trying to hide it. And so I don't say that to be scary or, or, or to, to even go into the fear. I'm saying it that if that's the case or if it isn't, the most powerful thing that any of us can do is take our power back, focus on what we prefer to experience. And the fact is that a whole lot of us want to live in a, a life in a world of love, joy, peace, health, happiness, and abundance, even if a bunch of them want to live in a world of vaccines and poison and toxic existence. There's a whole bunch of us that want to live a life of love and joy, peace and abundance for all. And so by those of us, those of us who want that and focus on it and aim our energy intentionally on purpose, consciously creating the body, the health, the business, the wealth, the relationships, the life and the world that we want to live in is the only way that I hear you, baby. It's the only, it's, my dog likes that. It's the only way we're going to bring it about is especially if there's a bunch of other people aiming for the opposite. That's the only way we're going to bring it about. We're not going to do it physically. So for the last several days, we we really narrowed it down and we decided, what about a global in-rising, not an uprising against anything or anyone? That's not going to work. Every, Every time we pull out the guillotines and chop off heads, it's only a matter of time before there's another... I hear you, babe. It's only a matter of time before there's another set of so-called bad guys to chop their heads off because battling to try to win a fight keeps the fight going. What you resist persists personally and globally. So instead of an uprising, what about an in-rising where we just help as many people as want it to turn on the love and the unconditional love and the magic and power inside of themselves, break as many spells as possibly, as quickly as possible, and invite everybody who wants it to a free event, but instead of like a one-day global meditation, which have had great effects. I mean, if you look at the history of global meditation days and global peace days, you look at some of the things they've been able to pull off, but what about every day? And so so what we decided within the Unconditional Happiness Group, we decided to create the Global In-Rising Movement. And as we were talking about it, we were going to build a website and all these other things. And my partner said, you know, Brian, do you know how the Hare Krishna movement got started? So the Hare Krishna movement. I hear you, babe. You know, you know, this is an interview, right? That's why you're doing that. Of course. So, so thank you. Of course, man. So, so the way that the Hare Krishna movement of peace got started, a monk came over to the U.S. and found a place to sit down and start chanting. And he didn't build a website, and he didn't try to build a movement. He sat there chanting, and somebody sat down with him and started chanting for love and peace. And then somebody else came and sat down and started chanting for love and peace. And next thing you know, there was a global movement. So when my partner said that, I said, well, let's instead of waiting till we put up the website and all the other stuff, I'm just going to start chanting. So 
I, I created something when I, when I wrote my book and, and started, well, when I started working with clients, I had something come through me that I call quantum question. And a quantum question is a deliberately structured question that aims your mind, which by aiming your mind, you aim the infinite, unlimited energy of creation, which is all that is. It's all there ever was for, coming into form passing through form and out of form, coming into form, passing through form, and then passing out of form. We aim with a quantum question. We aim what we would prefer. And we, by aiming our mind, the, the mind, um, most people have never even encountered this concept, don't have any idea what the mind is. But to a great extent, the mind is like a lens that can be aimed in any direction. And what flows through that lens is the infinite, unlimited light of creation, which is all there is and ever was. The whole universe is just that energy that we formed by aiming our lenses unconsciously into what we're getting. So with a quantum question, you aim the lens of your mind at what you would prefer. You presume that it's true. And then instead of doing an affirmation, which puts you in opposition to what is, you do it as a question. And you ask the question, why is it true that I am wealthy, free, sexy, and awesome? Why is it true that no matter what they do, love always wins? Why did I finally wake up and realize that I was infinite, unlimited being all this time, no matter what they programmed me with? And so by formulating those types of questions, you aim the energy. And the, the type of miraculous event that I've ha had happen in my life and in the lives of clients by using this tool, I personally believe that it might be the single most powerful energetic tool available to human to humanity right now. I don't care that it came through me. It couldn't, couldn't care less. If someone, if someone has something more powerful, I will drop it and pick theirs up and I don't care. But to do it as a group is literally miraculous by definition. So we are meeting every day live on a Facebook live. I did the first one yesterday and the second one today. We're meeting live. I go on at 11 a.m. Hawaii time, which is 1212 Pacific, 345 Eastern. Uh, everybody else can do the math. <laughs> I go live, and for 15 minutes, all I do is a steady stream of quantum questions while beaming love from my heart to everyone and everything, including Bill Gates and George Soros and all the people that some people believe are bad guys. I'm aiming love at everybody. I'm inviting everybody else to, and I invite everybody on the live stream to type their problems, their challenges, their concerns, and their questions into the chat, and I turn those into quantum questions and just keep a steady stream running. You know what? This, this, this ain't my job, and I don't want to step in on your interview, but I got to ask because you, know, you just let me know literally right before that you two were on the the quantum question stream today. And so what, if I can ask, what was the effect for you? Well, first of all, I, I, I don't know. At Lisa actually has a, you know, like a job job. And so she may not have been on the call, but I, I was, and I was, first of all, I, I listened yesterday to your, to the, um, the first one. And I was intrigued. I listened today to the second one and I was amazed because what you are doing, excuse me, what you are being is love. And everything that you are talking about and up to and including the act of forgiveness and the act of it doesn't serve us to be angry and mad and 
and, and anyone anymore. That is a message that is going to resonate with the world, in my opinion. Mm, yeah, agreed. Uh, agreed, because we're actually one. <laughs> we are no all matter, one. No matter, yeah, no matter how many people say it, and no matter how many people doubt it, we're still all one. It's not going anywhere. There's no way to get around it. It just is. Nope. Yep. <laughs> and it, it's it's so, it's extraordinary because see this is the type of grassroots movement that has legs that can have the ability to overtake. Um, I, I I know you're you're probably a guy about my age, and I don't know if you remember the anti-war protests of the '60s, but it was had that feel of love had that feel of we don't want to kill anybody anymore we want to have we want love we want it it, it didn't last because the, i think the drugs got involved and stuff but yeah but it, I, if you could do it in a pure sense you could do it in a pure form and continue with it i th- i think that it can have dynamic positive consequences or positive reaction and uh, around the globe what do you think lisa Oh, yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, Brian, with with all that's going on right now in the world, you know, this is being um, recorded during COVID and just the idea of the in rising. And I think right now with the fear that everybody feels that that is making everybody's spells kind of come to the surface even more. Right. It's making all of yep. those worries. And I, I just, I love the idea of, and the truth of, um, that all of us are really just limitless of, and with our energy and that, um, that we, our energy is universal and that, you know, through this, we can come together. I I really, I love your message. So thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Lisa. Well, you know, I'm going to, um, I'm going to twist. I'm going to twist this just a little bit. So check this out. And, and I, one of my sayings is with people, when I'm breaking spells, a lot of times I'm helping them to unknow. Well, I'm always helping them to unknow what they know because what we know is what brings the hell that we get. And so I, I, I like to say I'm never correcting. I'm always reflecting what someone mm-hmm. says and thinks. So check, check this out. A moment ago you said how, this COVID thing you know, is really bringing up all of our worries and it's really bringing up all of our stuff. I say that all of our stuff is bringing up this COVID. It's mm. this, everything that's happening out, everything happening out there is literally the mirror reflection of what's happening in here because there actually is no out there. And this is one of those weird things, you know, all, all the quantum physicists who they go to work, and once they get to work, they turn on their electron microscope and they go in and they spend eight hours experimenting with how nothing is physical. There's no, no whether it's gold, lead, or a giant pile of poop. There is nothing physical here. There's, there's nothing physical here. And they work with it all day. And then they leave work and they cuss their car and everything physical because they're having a hard time and they're struggling in their partnership or their marriage or with their kids. And, and, and not living this oneness that's right there screaming in their face. Now, at least the quantum physicist has oneness and everything is energy scream, screaming in their face eight hours a day, and they still don't get it. But so, so for us, we all hear that everything is one. We all hear that maybe what we're manifesting and seeing in the world 
is our unresolved stuff. I'm saying that it's not a theory or an idea to me. What we're seeing in the world, including the shutdown and including the economic stuff and including all the anger and the, the hate and the buildup, it's going to turn into eventually. It's not going to be long before there are physical uprisings in the street. And in some countries, it's already happening. That's all showing up as what's going on inside of me, the anger and sadness and fear and all the spells that I have not resolved. And, and I put the word healed in quotation marks because it means a little something different to me than it does to most. So it, it's actually the opposite. We are the, I am the one making the coronavirus. I am the one. If it shows up for me and I see it, it's mine. It's my responsibility, not ours. I don't play that collective bullshit. It's mine. This is my responsibility. And I'm the only one that can do it. And what's really cool is once I get that it's all me, then I can join with other me's who admit it's all me. Instead of us gathering together as some collecting collective thinking there's an us versus them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes perfect sense. It makes really good sense to me because collectively, if we all work together as one, we can change yep. the planet. Yeah. We can change everything about it. You know, I'm sitting here uh, looking at, at uh, uh, some of the work that you're doing. And by the way, we're talking with Brian D. Ridgway. He is he's not a healer. He says he's not a teacher or a guru. He's just a re minder which to me means that you're changing our minds about something and i think you're doing mm. i think you're doing an outstanding job of reminding us of who we really are mm, i appreciate that well that's what i'm about so so that that's just awesome lisa what we've, we've kept this fine gentleman for way too long i i hope you've enjoyed yourself brian we've had a great time talking with you I always love these conversations. Oh, that's awesome. Lisa, anything that you'd like to say before we, before we uh, check out? Oh, no, I just think that's great. And I, you know, when we started the conversation, Brian, you did say that your job is to remind people and, and, you know, I think um, there's just a lot of really just truth in this. And, and I really hope that our listeners, you know, share this and, um, like this podcast and please share it and go find Brian. So Brian, you, I did find you on Facebook too. So Brian D. Ridgeway. And then, um, we should spell your last name too. R I D G W A Y. And are you on Instagram also? Uh, you know, I, I'm totally, I've never been active on it. I, I probably ought to be, and it's probably time for me to get some help doing that. I'm, I'm really, I'm all over YouTube and I'm all over Facebook. Okay, great. So we, our listeners can find you on YouTube as well. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and then great. So you do offer coaching. It looks like, um, so if people want to get in touch with you, the best way to get in touch with you is through your site. Yeah. So if, if you go to break, uh, so I've got BrianDRidgeway.com and there's some information there. Um, but really the best place to start is break your self help addiction no hyphens nothing just break your self-help addiction.com the book's available in multiple formats on amazon and right now we're giving it away for free 
on my website. And if you do it on my website, then that adds you to my email list. So you get notified when I go live and all the other stuff. So really that's, that's the best place to go. And uh, so I don't know what, you know, how, well, I guess if people are just listening to a podcast, they won't see a link. So I'll say it one last time, break your self help addiction.com. And we'll put that on the uh, information on when we put the podcast up as well. Perfect. And, and what I really would invite anyone to do that wants to just get active immediately, if you um, go on Facebook and you do a search for the group Unconditional Happiness, uh, so much of my uh, free stuff is in there. And I'm, I'm going live every single day. There's a community of people that are really rallying around this message of unconditional love. And that the only way that we're going to change what's going on and unmake what we've made is to deliberately, consciously, with love and awareness, begin to make what we actually want. And that's a whole nother world of presence and focus. So we're, we're there to, we're in that space to help. That, I can't think of a better vocation for anybody in the world to be able to change the world by changing minds. I appreciate you, my man. And I appreciate you both. Yeah, thank you both for having me on. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. And uh, welcome to continue the conversation in whatever way. Absolutely. But before you go, is there anything else? Because, as you know, everything is energy. And I'd love for you to put some energy out there to the world. What else would you like to add? Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Well, I'll tell you what, I always love to close. Every conversation I like to close. Uh, you know, I do a lot of live streams and, and YouTube lives and stuff. And so I like to look in people's eyes. At this time, I'm just, I'm just looking with my voice, I guess you could say. So I'd like to remind you, if you're willing to be open-minded, that actually there's nothing wrong with you. There never was. There never can be. All that is is infinite unlimited energy in a state of infinite possibilities. All that is, is infinite unlimited energy in a state of infinite possibilities. And since energy can't be created or destroyed, it isn't right or wrong. It isn't good or bad. It can't be better or worse. It can't even be positive or negative. It sure as hell can't be evil. And so being that the entire universe that is, is made only of infinite unlimited energy that's perfect, then guess what you're made of? You're made of the same stuff, so therefore you're perfect. So I know that you were raised like I was with that phrase, nobody's perfect. Well, just consider for a possible, possible moment that the same people that invented nobody's perfect invented the educational system and the military system and the medical systems and every other system of enslavement that has ever come down the pike. So they say don't toot your horn, own horn. I say toot it loud and remember that you're perfect. And you can undo all those spells and whatever you were wanting to live is actually available to you. Thank you so much, young man. That, that's awesome. And Lisa, you're, you're perfect. So do you have anything, any closing comments? Love it. Love it. Yeah, Brian, you just keep being the spell breaker, breaking those spells and encouraging people. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so uh, much. I love you both. I love you both. I love everybody listening. I look forward to furthering the conversation and creating the world we want to live in. Sir, you have yourself a wonderful day. It's a beautiful day in Hawaii, I imagine. I've got. Yeah, always, man. <laughs> By the way, Aloha. What, what kind of dog do you have? Uh, we have a rescue dog. She's half Chihuahua and half Dachshund, <laughs> and totally and totally crazy. 
<laughs> that's that's awesome, man. We use it. You take care yeah. of yourself. If you want to hang on the line for just a second, we're going to close, and then I just I'll love to say goodbye to you. So just hold on, just one you second. All right. And thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And have a great day. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.